why, why the lights are still down. Um, because, you see, we all have expectations of how things should um, occur. Uh, and, and there's an order, there's a predictability that's comfortable and manageable, and, and yet sometimes God surprises us. Now, let me tell you what this is. Last night was the Clayton tree lighting. And the Clayton tree lighting, it was pouring rain, and all our people were getting ready to serve cider and donuts holes um, to people who came by after the tree lighting. But it was raining so hard, I, we were in the office, I said, let me go check and see where they're at. And so I go down with my little umbrella, and I'm going down, and there's about 30 second graders huddled under this gazebo, all freezing. And the person in charge is looking a little panicked. And I said, hey, why don't you do this? Rather than having to stand out in the rain, because these kids were going to sing no matter what, right? And, and even the sound guy saying, I don't want to put on the sound because I don't want to fry kids. I thought it was a good plan um, not to. And, uh, and so I said, just come down to our office. And, you know, I was so calm. And then and, and they said, that's, that's great. I think we're going to do that. I said, great. I'll be right back. And so I, I kind of walked and ran. And everybody's back in the office waiting. So what's happening? Is it canceled? I said, no, get ready. This is going to be our finest hour um, they said, well, what do we do? Get everything out of this room you possibly can. Um, and as you can see, within just a few moments, I think we broke every fire code imaginable. Um, this is my imagine more for the church, by the way. And, uh, and, and so, I, but I tell you what, this really was our church at its finest, right? Because we had these volunteers, and man, they cleared out that room. I mean, we needed every ounce of space. And, and they're going around, they're just going up to people and offering donuts and cider, you know, and, and the mayor is trying to give their, their speech, and, um, and uh, I guess it's going to be shorter, mayor, shorter. Um, but, you know, the thing about it was that, that w it was just the Spirit of God was there. And, and the thing was that, that this was probably my favorite tree lighting ever in all the years we've been in church, um, and it was certainly the last thing that we expected, Right? But to watch our volunteers just, just be so welcoming and honoring and loving and, and, and people just thanking us again and again. And, and you'll probably hear more about this. Um, and I thought it was just interesting, the timing. We're meeting with the city this next week. And, and, uh, and all the city council was there. Yeah, we're like... I didn't see any connection. But, um, but you know, we, we were just kind of like... Well, God, isn't this amazing how you did? Because, you know, we do all these plannings and, you know, we have all these outreaches that we spend so much time for. And someone said, this was our best outreach ever. And we didn't plan or pay anything. So we were kind of excited. So, so the reason I show you this picture, we can turn the lights on and hopefully I won't slip off the stage with the confetti, um, uh, is the reason I want you to see it is because, you know what? Sometimes God does things that we don't expect. And he catches us by surprise. And we have opportunities that we didn't know were coming. And, and, and the question is, are you going to be ready for that? When God chooses to do something new, are you going to be ready to embrace that so that he can do even more? And, and, and that's why I, 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 was, I was so thrilled to watch, watch our volunteers. They were, just, they were just so ready. You know, I mean, a madman comes in and yells, quick, get ready. And they're like, okay. <laughs> we don't know what's going on, but we'll do it. And they did. They just did. And, and, and so here's the thing, is that I think that, that so many times we come to church on days like this and we think, you know, we think, well, God is, 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 is a dependable tradition that doesn't rock the boat, right? This is the way we do it. This is the way it is. This is the way God should come. And, and yet here's the thing, is that 
Now Jesus comes to this world and just blows us away by coming in the last way we would imagine. I mean, most of us don't get up in the morning and say, I wonder if a virgin will become pregnant today. It just doesn't happen, right? But, but here, here's the truth of this, is that wouldn't you expect the Savior of the world to be born in a non-traditional way? Wouldn't you expect God to surprise us and to orchestrate something so incredible and miraculous um, in, in all of history that we might know that this baby is unique and special? Uh, I mean, you might question that this type of prophecy would even be made or ever happen that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. But why wouldn't God do it this way? Somebody said, I don't know if God did it this way, but here's the thing, but he did. But he did. And, and so, so here's what I, I want to say to you today is, is that I, I want us to be ready as a church and as the people of God for God to do miraculous things that we don't plan on or expect or uh, concoct or put together. God's going to move as God's going to move and all I want to know is, are we ready? Are we ready? You see, this prophecy is amazing. The Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin, or Isaiah says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Christmas is a celebration of the incarnation of God in Christ. In other words, uh, this is the whole belief that, the, that here we have Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, assumed human form, um, and is completely both God and man. See, that's the whole point, right? I mean, I mean, let's face it. I mean, if Jesus had come just in the usual way, right? Okay, so say, here's the Kuipers, right? You have children, right? So say, you know, we know that, we know that those are your children. And, uh, and, uh, and we say, yeah, you know what? These kids just came normal way, but they're kind of special. I think, you know, maybe, maybe they're God. Well, we go, well... Okay, I guess the Kuipers seem nice, but I don't know how much we'd follow this. But see, here's the thing. What if, what if you, you know this young girl your whole life, you know that she's a pure girl, you know that um, she is following God's rules, and now she suddenly turns up pregnant, and, and now you say, well, this is not what we expected. This is something totally out of the ordinary. I mean, that's a whole different story, right? Now, don't worry, Kuipers, you're off the hook now, but because... <laughs> I don't know if it was a good, comp- no. <laughs> but, but, but see, here's the thing. I mean, I mean, you think about this. You think that, that God wants us to see that, that he is fully human, and this is the child of Mary, but, but this is fully from God, that, that God is the father. And, and, and so when we hear of a virgin um, becoming pregnant, you say, well, man, that sounds a little outlandish. I mean, that sounds like something only God could do. Well, yeah. And see, the thing is, why would God choose to do it this way? And here's the thing, is that Jesus meets us at the level of everyday experience with everyday people. And so God did it this way so we could experience his humanity. Knowing God can identify with our struggles, our joys, our hardships, and our pains. Listen to these words in Philippians. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. And having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death of that, a crucifixion. You see, Jesus didn't pull the God card. He didn't say, you know what, I don't want to do this because I'm God, right? The Bible doesn't say, well, he never had to go through struggles. He never 
was hungry. He never was tired because he was God. No, no, Jesus went through all of this. Why? So, so that we would know that he was real. So that we would know that, that God came this word and, and became one of us. So we, you know, it couldn't just say, well, of course he doesn't have any of these problems because he's God. But see, he did. So we can't say, well, gee, God can't expect me to persevere in trials because, you know, I'm not Jesus. I, Jesus didn't have to go through trials, but he did. Well, yeah, but Jesus was never, I, I, you know, I've, I've been persecuted. I've had people, you know, treat me poorly. Jesus never had to go through all that, but he did. You see, we can go through again and again and again. See, this is the truth of the matter is, is that, that we see God in all his humanity come so that he could understand our pains, so he experienced it, so that we would know that we are not alone, and, and so that we could also know that he is more than just a man. He is capable of repairing the damage of our sin-soaked lives. You see, First um, John chapter 4 says this, God sent his only son to the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done in our relationship with God. See, this is just more than your everyday guy. God has broken into the world. God has come so that we might know that, that Jesus is he's fully human, but he's also fully God. And, and because we hold those two together, because they come together in the person of Jesus, we, we see that he is fully capable of saving us from our sins. See, this is the beauty of Jesus. I, I mean, all of us come to this place and, and we hope that God can do something more than what we've experienced in our past, right? And we all come here with, with hurts and, and, and places where we've fallen short and places where we've made mistakes. And we all wonder, is there someone who's big enough or greater than us to see us through all those things? And here's where Jesus comes in. He says, I get it. I get the hurt you're experiencing, but just know I've overcome the world. I get the pain you're in, but see, this is why I came. And I love you so much, I give my very life to pay the price for all you've done wrong so that you might not only know that God loves you, but that you might experience the freedom and joy of being set free from the things that have brought you down. And so Jesus came so we could be filled with his love now and for all eternity. For God so loved the world. Isn't that what the verse says? The verse we all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, can you think of anyone who would love you this much? You know, um, my wife and I, we have three kids. And I would do anything for my kids, right? I would, I would give my life for my kids. Now, here's the thing. But I wouldn't give my life for you, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you're all nice people. Don't get me wrong. I like you very much. But I, I don't like you that much, to be honest, right? And it, this is going really bad. I can tell this. Um, <laughs> But see, here's the thing. God loves you so much that he gives his only son for you. His one and only son. The Bible says, greater has no love has no man than this than to lay down his life for a friend. And see, to be a Christian is to be a friend of Jesus because Jesus lays his life down for us and he calls his friends and the question is, will we reciprocate? Will you be a friend of Jesus? And why is this so important that, that, that 
this prophecy that the Messiah would be born of a virgin so that we could hold these two um, realities together. Fully God, fully man. I mean, this was part of God's plan way before Jesus was born, right? This wasn't just a coincidence. See, that's the whole thing about prophecies. This is what God promises ahead of time, and then he shows us at the right time how it's to come true. Scripture says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not, but the darkness has not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You see that? See what happened there? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. You see, long before Bethlehem, Jesus was the Lord of the universe, crafting and setting in motion an eternal plan through which all things were made. Since the beginning of time, Jesus has always had a plan to redeem us by coming to the earth. His desire was to be one of us so we might know him, see him, touch him, and experience him firsthand. And because the God of eternity is broken into time and space, there is no longer a divide between the human and the divine. Jesus has forever reconciled the secular and the sacred. Jesus has forever reconciled the secular and the sacred. And here's the key thing. He calls us to do the same. So I think that's why I like last night so much, right? Because here we've got this secular tradition, for lack of a better term, right? You know, our downtown tree lighting, and it's the same thing every year, and everybody expects the same thing. But then all of a sudden, here's the thing and that happens is, is that Jesus shows up. And, and, and now we as a church get to be part of helping people see God's kindness and his love. And, and, and all of a sudden now, this whole tree lighting took a whole different meaning last night. And, and, and there were people who just kept staying around. We know, we had to stay, right? <laughs> but they kept staying because, because there was something different about this year. It wasn't the perfect little planned thing with the carriages and everything else. It was rainy and people were wet and it was hot in the room. But, but it was this precious moment. And I think that, that this is what Jesus says is, is, look, you know, I have come. I have come from heaven. I have come to bring um, my deity to humanity. I have come to bring... The, the secular and the sacred together, I have come so that you might know and experience God on earth as it is in heaven. And now, as we know this Jesus, now God calls us to do the same. I mean, what would happen if it didn't happen? What if Jesus had been born the same way as any other baby? But, but here's the thing. He was more than just any other baby. He's God incarnate, God in the flesh, fully God, fully human. And then we read Mary's story, right? See, that, that's the, the, the kicker in all this, is we see how this prophecy is fulfilled. We, we have an actual real telling. We have an actual real situation. And now we see this very young teenage girl, what most people said, Mary's between 12 and 14. Can you imagine you trust the whole fate of the world with a 12-year-old? Okay? But that's what God did. Because God knew that she was faithful. See, that's Mary's number one quality here, is that she was faithful. 
And, and, and so we can imagine, just imagine when Mary is, is there and, and who knows what she was doing at the time, but, but all we know is that this angel appears and says, greeting you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? I mean, you just don't expect that in your average prayer time. And here she is, the Lord is with you. And it says she was greatly troubled at his words. That is the understatement of the world, right? Trouble is words. She just has an angel in her bedroom, right, saying, hey, by the way, the Lord's with you. Oh, really? Oh, really? And the angel doesn't say anything other than he says, look, you found favor with God. Now, is that because Mary was better than anybody else or because she was chosen? You see, this is the thing is that God reaches out to us. God chooses us. It's not because we're better than others. It's because he has set his sights on us and his love for us is, is so unfathomable. Mary is found favor with God, not because of who she is, but because of who God is. And then he doesn't say, well, I think this is how it's going to work out. Maybe this could happen. Maybe at just the right season. No, he just says, you will be. You will be with child and give birth to a son, you are given the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. You see he comes from a royal line. We talked about that last week. And he will reign forever over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom, here's the key, his kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. You see how this plan that has been set before the beginning of time now is unfolding right before our eyes. We see this prophecy coming true. And, and, and here is Mary, I mean, her mouth probably wide open going, oh my goodness. And of course, she asks the next reasonable question, by the way, how's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. And then the angel explains it. Now, you know, here's the thing. Every time I read this story, there's always someone who says, Sean, that's pretty far-fetched, don't you think? I mean, I know how babies come. My parents taught me this, right? I mean, you know, you're trying to get me to believe that this virgin is pregnant just because the Holy Spirit says so. And the answer is yes. See, the answer is found in the story because, because when the angel says this to her, he says, let me tell you, Nothing is impossible with God. That's the part I want you to see in the story. Nothing is impossible with God. You see, God, I, I believe that you can help us raise money for a church, but I don't know if you can raise the dead, but nothing is impossible with God. God, I, I see that you can help people, but I don't know how you could possibly make a virgin pregnant. You see, nothing is impossible with God. Is there anything that God can't do? Nothing is impossible with God. And see, that's all Mary needed to hear. That's all she needed. Maybe it was to be reminded of. Maybe it was to be told for the first time. Maybe it was for the reality to sink in. And I think that's what we need to hear. Nothing is impossible with God. Because uh, for some of you right now, you are in a hard situation in life. And you're wondering how you will get through it. And, and here's the thing I want to say to you. Nothing is impossible with God. You're saying, I, I just don't know if I can do this. And, and here's the answer is, nothing is impossible with God. You might be saying, but yeah, but you don't know my circumstances. You don't know my family. You don't know my finances. But, but here's the thing I do know. Nothing is impossible with God. You see, the God who raised the dead, the God who um, came to this earth, the, the God who says to us, 
I give my life for you. This is the God who meets us in our places of need, in our places of hurt, in our places of loneliness, in our places of pain. This is the God who meets us when we have just about given up. This is the God who meets us when we have no hope. This is the God who meets us when we are hurting. This is the God who meets us when we are convicted of our sin. This is the God who meets us when we are down. This is the God who meets us when we are out. This is the God who meets us when we see no other way. This is the God who sees us when our marriages are in trouble, our kids are hurting, our parents are dying. This is the God who meets us in all these times. This is the God who comes to us and says, I am here. Nothing is impossible with God. Now you've got a decision. Am I going to live my life trusting that nothing is impossible with God? Am I going to believe God to do the impossible? And we hesitate, don't we? Not always. But sometimes we hesitate. God, I know you can do all these things in other people's lives, but why should I think that it's going to be true for me? And here's the answer. The same God who came to Mary, the same God who came on this earth, is the same God who comes to you. He says, come. Be my friend. Be my child. And, and, and this is what I love about Mary. She has just been presented with probably the craziest story she has ever heard in her life. She has just been presented with something that's going to be the hardest thing she will ever have to experience to go down to her beloved Joseph and probably her parents and say, by the way, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. And you know what Mary's first words are? What would your first words be? Techno, techno, right? That's what you would say, right? I don't, I, I don't know what I don't know what you would say, but I, I, you know what Mary's first words are? Listen to this, because because these are five words that will change her life. She says, "I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant." That blows me away. Man, you're facing trials. What are you going to do? I am the Lord's servant. You really think God's going to see you through this? Yes, because I am the Lord's servant. And then she says, may it be to me as you have said. Wow. Wow. You see, I don't know what trials you're going through right now. I don't know what stresses, what pains you're experiencing. But I do know this. The same God who met Mary is the same God who meets you. To let you know that with God, nothing is impossible. And all he asks you is to respond as Mary did. To trust and follow his lead no matter what the circumstances. I am the Lord's servant. And so that's my prayer for you today. And, 